Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse. So today will be the day in history that will forever be marked as the day that Mikhail Gorbachev died. Okay. And if you want to put icing on that cake, Beta O'Rourke has a bacterial infection. Okay. Do you think there's something? Where? Sorry? Where? I don't know. I didn't actually read much about it, but I'm thinking it's probably some flesh-eating bacteria that's going to eat him up. Well, if it creates a birthmark-looking thing on his forehead, (laughs) then I'd say maybe you're onto something. There might be Uh, a relationship there. Well, I'm just saying these are hard times. So, I mean, you know. How do we feel about that? Which one? Mikhail Gorbachev? Yeah. You know, Gorbachev was a pretty cool guy. He really was. He did a lot of good things. He was kind of in the right place at the wrong time, though, because, you know, when he tried to start the democracy in in the Soviet Union, his intention wasn't to break up the Soviet Union. That happened because everything kind of fell apart. And it fell apart, at least in part, because the people of Russia were so used to receiving government subsidies for everything and having price controls. And then when you suddenly declare we're going to be a democracy and have capitalism, people can set prices and the government's no longer going to just you know give handouts, then all of a sudden people don't know what the fuck to do. And then, of course, the other problem you had when things started falling apart was they started divvying up all the real wealth and giving it to the communist elites, you know, which is where you got your oligarchy. Um, right. You know, all this, all the the previously communist owned, you know, like the oil companies, the power companies, the all the huge infrastructure. Communism companies. was actually working, and then they gave it all away. Well, the the only people that are really benefiting by all that stuff were the elite communists in the first place, but. But they basically just divvied up their spoils and took. And then, of course, I mean, you had all kinds of other side effect things that happened when the Soviet Union broke up. There was nuclear weapons that didn't have any place to go. And I mean, it was crazy. But Gorbachev had the right idea. I mean, if if it had worked, if it had happened where they'd had, I mean, they had a couple free and fair elections in Russia before Putin took over. Um there hasn't been one since, and this I get this from actual people that you know know. So, um, you know, I, I mean, you got to give Gorbachev credit. You got to give him some credit. He he was a visionary. Okay. So that's how I feel about. It. I mean, he lived a long life. I don't think he died of unnatural causes. Um, yeah, it was ninety-one or something. Yeah, I bet he was really disappointed in where Putin has taken Russia, though. He's rolling over in his grave now, and we can say that. Well, he was probably rolling over in his bed until today, and then he just, right, you know, he's just going to continue that into his grave, that's all. He'll just be like on the eternal spit. Yeah, nothing's really changed, right? Rotisserie, um, Gorbachev. 
And the other thing, you know, that's, that's, you know, kind well, of hell's fire roasts him. If we're talking about the state of affairs <laughs> in, in the world, um, we got the, the jobs report, you know, and, and, <clears throat> uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Much to the chagrin of the Federal Reserve, who's trying to cool down the economy by raising interest rates and stuff, the actual, apparently we have even more unfilled jobs. We have about twice as many unfilled jobs as we have people looking for work right now. So the unemployment kind of dropped again, and and, um, apparently the job market is still doing really well. That's good. The jobs will have to compete for the... Employees, we'll pay you more. We'll give you well, more yeah, benefits. and and unions are starting to gain some traction. I mean, not a lot. I think it's still. I think the number now is about one in ten workers belongs to a union, which is down from the peak of one in four at one time. Yeah. Um, but unions are gaining traction. You know, people are now sort of kind of sitting back and going, "I don't have to go back to work right now, so I'm not going to unless I get a good deal." Right. Yeah. You either you either give me decent pay or you give me some benefits or you let me join a union or whatever. I'm just not going to go to work. Oh, and have you heard about the quiet quitting trend? Mm-mm. This is hilarious. There's this thing called quiet quitting. And it almost sounds like people are quitting their jobs. But what it means is if they're paid to work from 9 to 5, at 5 o'clock, they go home. And they don't take work with them and they don't continue working at home and they don't, you know, answer their emails after hours or whatever. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, people are refusing to work extra hours. Hours are not getting paid for and all this. And I'm like, well, duh. (laughs) Right. Hard enough to work the hours you are getting paid for. I know. I mean, the fact that we had to have a name for this. And they called it quiet quitting and not just working the hours you're paid to work. Sorry, I'm getting drunk. Um, Or the other thing you could call it is fulfilling your contractual obligations, you know. Right, but nothing beyond, right? Yeah, that's the idea. It's as simple like you're, I'm trading my time to you for money. And when that time is up, when the money is up, the time is up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish I had done that a long time ago. I was one of those people who put in a lot more hours than they should have. Um, yeah. Of course, I'm I mean, over that now. I'm totally over that. If I was working for somebody now, and, I mean, aside from a fucking disaster situation that had to be dealt with, right, I'd basically, be, they'd be like, well, you know, this really needs to be done. I'm like, you know what? It'll be there tomorrow. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I've learned over the years, and... If there's any young people that listen to our podcast, you might as well, you know, grab some wisdom here. I have learned over the years that there will always be more work to do and you're never yeah. going to finish. So the idea of staying after to somehow finish something, you know, and, and to not have work to do the next day or not have things carry over, it's never going to happen. And and if your employer really wants you to work a, a nine or 10 hour day or 12 hour day for that matter, they should be paying you for that. Um, I kind of got, you know, when I was working for IBM, uh, when I was, before I was salaried, you know, and I got paid for overtime, I worked third shift. And so I got a shift premium of 12 and a half percent on top of my regular check. Now my regular check was, I believe that time I was making somewhere just under 20,000 a year on my regular paycheck. Um, right. 
but then I got the shift premium. And then part of my shift, part of my normal 40 hour week was on Saturday morning from Friday night at, you know, 1130 to Saturday morning at eight. And so I got paid for like seven and a half hours of overtime because IBM paid you for overtime if you worked on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And since there was only four of us working on third shift, whenever somebody was sick or on vacation, somebody had to cover for them. And I used to volunteer to cover. And I'd also cover for first shift. If, if someone didn't come in on first shift, we, you know, we had a three, obviously in three shift operation, you have to have people there around the clock. That's the whole fucking point of a three shift operation. They wouldn't do that if they didn't need people there 24 hours a day. And so if someone wasn't coming in on first shift and I was getting ready to go off of my shift, the first shifters would say, hey, can you stay a little while? It's going to take us a couple hours to get somebody to cover for this person. And so I'd stay a couple hours more. Well, anyway, I got tons of overtime. My overtime check was just about as big as my normal check. So then right. when I went to work for, for you know an exempt position for IBM headquarters, they they put me on salary and they doubled my freaking you know salary, but... I ended up losing money the first year. I still worked all those hours. I probably worked more hours. Right. But I didn't get paid as much. And I was in a much more prestigious position. You know, instead of working in a call center, keeping things going, I was working for IBM headquarters under a vice president. Right. And I was getting basically paid less money. I'm telling you, if you get offered a salary position, you really need to think about that. There's two things you need to do if you get offered a salaried position. One is, you know, make sure you get enough money up front to make it worth the fact that you're going to be working whatever hours you need to work to keep that operation moving. And then the other is make sure you set boundaries. You know, make sure you're like, you know what, I'm only going to work, you know, I'm getting paid for 40 hours a week technically, right? And maybe I'll put in 50, but there's a line I'm going to draw that says at this time, when I hit this number of hours, I'm done for the week, period. Right. No, you know, and that means you might finish on Friday. Maybe you work 12 hours a day, Monday through Thursday, you get 48 hours in, and then you go in Friday morning, and at noon you say, fuck this, I'm done. I've got, you know, as a salaried person, you can do that. Well, at least you could where I worked, but I never got a chance. Right. Hell, I almost never took weekends off. It was ridiculous. Anyway, I'm, I'm digressing, getting into all these personal digressions here. Um, we, uh, let's see. Oh, the glory days. Mm. Another big news item that is kind of hilarious while I'm getting drunk here is the uh, forgiving of loan debt, uh, or I'm sorry, student debt. Oh, yeah. That is... I, ca- I caught some headlines about this. Man, there are so many twists and turns on that. Okay, first of all, it pisses off rich people and investors because they're afraid that it's going to help, you know, with, with to kind of keep inflation up, right? People will have money to spend. Okay. Essentially the people with wealth know that inflation will go down when, when the poor people run out of money, right? (laughs) I mean, let's face it. It's a supply and demand equation for the most part. And, you know, when people don't have any money left, then there will be no demand and prices right. will go down. And, and it's not that the rich people give a fuck about prices. Don't get me wrong. They don't care that gas is $4 a gallon, which, by the way, it's down to like, here it's down to like three thirty a gallon. Um, but anyway, they don't care about any of that. What they do care about is that the Fed lowers the interest rate so they can borrow billions of dollars and make billions more. 
Right. And and right now, because we have inflation, the Fed keeps raising the interest rate, and these investors are getting fucking pissed. I don't know if you saw it, but the stock market kind of tanked. Um, I don't know if it was just today or just yesterday, or, or I think it was just this week it's starting to drop, because they're like they're realizing all of a sudden that Powell isn't going to lower the interest rate, or he's going to keep raising it. And they're like, fuck, what are we going to do? I and mean, he's raising it because he wants to bring inflation down. Right. And then we got that jobs report where on inflation, see, it's the, the, the only thing that's going to limit Powell is a success, right? If he succeeds in bringing inflation down, then he'll start dropping interest rates. Right. The other one is a threat of a recession. Well, if the job market is hot, that's pretty much a good sign that we're not going into a recession. Right. So so the stock market's fucking, you know, bummed out. And then and then you got Biden injecting twenty four billion dollars into the you know, the the poor people's economy with these with this student loan debt forgiveness. Right. You know, for crying out loud, what the heck are you trying to do? You're giving poor people more fucking money. Stop. Stop it. it well, it's you're giving middle class people money. Right, because well, the poor people. I know. Go to college. I know some people who who have been really struggling with student loan debt, and they're they're at the bottom. I mean, they're not really poor, right? They're probably making twenty, twenty five, thirty thousand a year. But they're not. Yeah. But they're not. You know, middle class by my definition of middle class. Okay, well that's fair enough, I guess. Yeah, I mean the median. I just income, figured out the people that were paying off loans are like doctors. Yeah. Sure, some of them are, but some of them never got a job. And I know uh, uh, Valerie, and I, I won't, you know, name any names, but, but Valerie went to engineering school, and she's currently working as somebody who uh, I don't know what the job title is, but she basically manages the stocking of shelves at uh, at grocery stores. She, you know, gets the inventory and whatever and takes care of that but um right and she kind of worked her way up into that position from actually stocking the shelves to you know they just found out she was good at it and so she's worked her way up into a more management level but she's not doing anything she went to school for and not making anywhere near the kind of money she should be making as as an engineer right so so there are no hot jobs in engineering no i think it was you know, I don't mean to criticize her for her career choice, but she was, I think, in her 40s when she went to college for engineering, and she's a woman, and I think that that's, realistically, you're not as likely to be able to compete with young male, maybe even young female grads getting out of engineering school. It's it's kind yeah. of one of those jobs where they really do gravitate towards younger people. They can't openly say that, you know, they can't say we're not going to hire you because you're 40 some years old. Right. Right. But the bottom line is, you know, there's some 25 year old getting out of college. They just, you know, it's just the kind of, I, I mean, I've been in this business too fucking long. It's the same yeah, way. Well, as, they're going to be able to work more, right? They're hungry. 
right just starting off on their own they got their whole life ahead of them they'll work 60 well, set, and you know the opposite of the people you were describing earlier <laughs> yeah i mean well that's be like i need a proper work-life balance and they're like no 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 we'll take the 20 year old that's got nothing better to live for than us yeah well that's what i that's what happened with me and ibm i mean i i mm. was in my early 20s when i worked for headquarters or started work for headquarters and they took total advantage of me because yeah. i had no you know real life outside of work um so yeah it's it's one of those situations where you know you grab someone young and the software industry is the same way i mean if you went to school right now to be a you know for computer science and went into the software business if you're 45 50 years old you're a dinosaur you know maybe not i'm I'm glad we're having this discussion because i actually have thought about that (laughs) yeah it's really hard to break into it at that time you know, I mean, if, well, I should say if you're 45, 50 and you've got experience, that's probably because you, you're going to demand a higher salary than someone fresh out of college. So, yeah. so there's that too. I mean, if you're but just you're getting about started just coming out of school, if you're just coming out of school, you might have a little bit of a chance because, but you still need more money, right? If you, if you're a, an experienced adult who's got a you know a house and a family and all that, and you came from one job making fifty five, sixty, you know, which isn't a lot of money, but if you're making say sixty thousand a year, you're not going to start some entry level job, right? You're going to be like, no, no, I need to get you know eighty thousand a year minimum, right? Although right. in the software field, that's probably a entry level right now. Honestly, I'm still out yeah, of touch. It would still be hard to come by those jobs though i think there's a lot of people competing for those things well that's the thing and you know if you got someone who's young and naive who you can you know you can manipulate or you know who's hungry as like you said um probably better you can probably get them to work for less money than you can get the person who's been around for a while i I know if they offered me a low ball i'd just laugh at them i would literally you know sitting across the table i'd literally laugh out loud at them i'd be like yeah you might get some 25-year-old to go for that, but not me. Because right. I've been and offered <laughs> I've been offered sight unseen 250000 a year, and that was 20 fucking years ago. Right. So, it, you know, if somebody said, hey, we'll start you at 100000 a year, I'd be like, are you kidding me? Are you fucking joking with me? Like, I'm a senior software developer. I could, you know, I can run circles around your kids. Um, right. And you wouldn't hire me for writing code either. You'd hire me to run a project, you know. Right. But anyway, I digress. I didn't mean this to be about my job opportunities. <laughs> and I don't pay myself nearly enough, by the way. My corporation is a cheap, fucking terrible place to work. Yeah. I'm not sure you're supposed to admit that, but okay. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So, that's the but, – but I wanted to go and there's a couple other angles in the student loan thing. Your Be- boss is always riding your ass. Because you got, yeah, it's true. He's actually, yeah, very close. I paid for that goddamn spending desk, Doug, and you never use it. I yeah, mean, well, he desk. monitors everything I do. It's ridiculous. He checks mm-hmm. my phone. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Checks your emails. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. Um, But mm. back to the, the student loan debt thing, because there's so many different angles on that, right? There's people that are bitching that it's not fair to people who, who A, didn't go to college, or B, did and paid off their student loans, and... Now they mm-hmm. don't get a piece of this pie, you know. It's not, it's just, I struggled for 12 years to pay off my student loans, and now you come along and 
give people ten thousand dollars free money and say, uh, whatever. Well, I mean, how long is it supposed to be retroactive? Do we all go? Do we go all the way back to the estates of people who? No, I don't think it's retroactive at all. I know, but I'm saying that people complain. Oh, about oh, that. yeah, like, yeah. Just, no, people are just. There's being... no good place to to draw a line. I mean, that's that's the same rationale that it's everything. You know, like. We can't improve. It's everything. Anything. the 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 PPP loans that they did during the say um, that one more time. The PPP loans. I just like hearing that. Oh, sorry. Funny. weren't they PPP? wasn't that what they, was that what they were called? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean those were. They're just fun to say PPP. Yeah, PPP, <laughs> PPP loans. You're not drunk enough. I'm getting there, but I'm not drunk enough yet either. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I've got a pop filter to save you from the pop, pop, pop loans. Um, in any case, all I'm saying is none of this stuff is fair. None of this stuff, you know, it applies to everyone equally. You know, you look, okay, so if you're an employer who just kept people on during the pandemic for no apparent reason, you could get reimbursed for the salaries, right? But if you're an employer who just had to keep people working, um, you know, grocery store, I don't think you were qualified to apply for that if you were one of those critical businesses or whatever. Anyway, there's all kinds of disparities. And if you were a small business who didn't have a bank that wanted to deal with you, you couldn't get a loan. And if you were, you know, if you, there's just so many different things. They said, you know, sm- a lot of small businesses, you know, really small businesses weren't getting loans. And I checked into it because people kept calling me. For a while, I kept getting these phone calls from these people saying, hey, you haven't gotten your PPP money. You know, you there's money sitting out there. You could get up to, I don't remember what the number was, $50,000 or something. And, you know, and and I could have gotten that forgiven because I continued to pay my salary throughout the pandemic. So, right, that would be, I'd be one of those people who could get forgiven for that money. I'd just get free money. Right. But when I talked to my accountant, because, you know, that's what we have accountants for, right? I called and said, so what's the deal? These people keep bugging me. I need to know if this is a deal or not. Because I said, personally, I don't really, I'm not really looking to collect on this, but I need to know what the answer is. So if I talk to one of them, I can say no. Anyway, the point is that she said no, because you're the principal of the business, your salary doesn't count. Right. And I'm like, okay, so there, another example of how this really isn't, fair per se right because mm-hmm. you know anyway i digress I, i'm just saying none of these things are are totally equitable you will never have any government program that will be 100 percent equitable unless it's maybe universal basic income where every single person over the age of 18 or whatever the cutoff is or whatever uh who's breathing gets a check right and that even that somebody might complain about you know but yeah Hopefully we'd get a direct deposit. I mean, but you get people out there going, you know, I'm paying taxes now to pay for someone else's college education. And, you know, by the way, I think that's bullshit. First of all, they didn't raise anybody's taxes for this. Right. So you're paying the same amount of taxes you were paying before. And they did in this package increase the amount of taxes for investors. So in theory, they're collecting the money from rich people, which is even better as far as I'm concerned. Um, and by the way, did you know that they cut the deficit? No. Yeah, by like $900 billion a year. Mm. These, these things, you know, Democrats need to do a better job of talking about how things are, are, are well, I guess I was going to say are, are not improving, but no, they need to talk about how they are improving. 
because, right. you know, people still think that, you know, everything was better economically when Trump was in office, which for a while might have been true because Trump inherited a really good growing economy from Obama. But he managed to totally fuck it up. And of course, COVID didn't help either. Um, right. But, you know, Trump, first thing he did was gave a trillion dollar tax break to wealthy people, to big businesses, right? Um, so, yeah, you know, we're trying to claw some of that back. We're trying to get the economy back on track. And the economy's actually, other than inflation, okay, inflation's definitely hurting people. I'm not going to take that away from people. But, but inflation should be temporary. I mean, this is a supply and demand kind of fucking chaos thing from a war and the pandemic, supply shortages, you know, you name it. Right. People are a bunch of whiners. I mean, it's like we lecture people for 30 years about global warming, and then when it floods, they're like, oh, my God, we've never seen flooding like this before. And it's like, well, we've been telling you for 30 years it's coming. Now you get a situation where, you know, during the pandemic, everybody's sitting around on their thumbs, and we're like, yeah, when we restart the economy, it's going to be a bit of a, you know, it, it's going to be painful but for a while. It's going to be painful, yep. yeah. Yeah, and then course. when it is, they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe Biden didn't do something about this. It's like, no, yeah, oh, Jesus you know, <laughs> uh, which is why I think, you know, uh, oh, before I, before I, cause we're, we're actually going to run out of time before we get to any issues here, but there's one more thing I really want to bring up because I think it's funny as hell. So I don't know how familiar you are with like the New York post, but the New oh, York yeah. post is one of Rupert, Rupert Murdoch's properties. The guy who owns okay. Fox news. Right. Right. And it, Tends to be very, you know, pro-Trump, uh, right, right-wing, right-leaning, conservative, and also a lot of bullshit. Now, I don't trust the New York Post any further. I can throw it, but they posted an editorial today that <laughs> ripped Donald Trump a new ass. I mean, <laughs> it went on about how his delusional bullshit with the twenty, with the election being stolen was was poisoning the water how i mean i'm i'm putting because i'm not reading this so these are my words but it went on to, to to say that the that the um prospects the republicans had for the senate have been watered down because the trump supported candidates who won the primaries are a bunch of losers you know they're they're piss poor candidates that that no independent or moderate is going to vote for because it basically the trumpites right nice and yeah. they just go on and on about how Trump needs to get the fuck out of the way. They called him an albatross. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like I was. Just, but anyway, the the, uh, the the repercussions of this are that Trump is beside himself. <laughs> he, nice. He's just nuts. And to add insult to injury, Google has taken uh, Truth Social's app off out of the Play Store. And blocked it because uh, True Social is allowing too much uh, incendiary misinformation, you know, hate speech, all that stuff. Right. So uh, True Social is now blocked from Google Play. Trump is is hopping mad. <laughs> and by the way, he's been playing this uh, this Mar-a-Lago, uh, you know, search document, you know, thing. Um, mm. the, the thing with the FBI going in there with a the search warrant, right? He's been yeah. playing that to poor, I don't know where he's getting his legal advice from or his political advice, but he is not doing himself any favors. 
because one day he says they planted the documents. The next day he says, I declassified those documents that they planted. Then the next day (laughs) he says, I want my documents back that they planted. You know, he declassified. And and he wants it now uh, a special master or whatever it's called, some person who's like independent of the FBI to inspect the documents that were taken so that, you know, he can show that they weren't whatever the FBI says they were. But he's just, he's, Trump is everything he does. Like he wanted that affidavit unsealed. I want that affidavit unsealed. The world needs to know what's in that affidavit. He just wanted right. He wanted the, the name certificate. It's a birth certificate thing all over again. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the affidavit was the real unsealed, and the parts that we saw were damning to Trump. Right? I mean, they just make him look worse, even to people who are his supporters. You, you, some of this stuff becomes undeniable at some point. Right. And and then the other thing. Oh, well, I well maybe that was the only way it could end. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like, have no idea. With him going down in flames, screaming and yelling and. Well, we always you know I mean? we always knew Trump was his own worst enemy. I mean, he yeah. there's so many things he could have gotten away with if he hadn't opened his fucking mouth. <laughs> He's an idiot. I I mean, I never could understand how anybody could get behind him because he, even if he had the best of intentions and was up there, he's a fucking idiot. Like, are you kidding me? You want to reelect this guy? I understand maybe electing him once. Well, even that I don't because, you know, we knew Trump was an idiot before he ever got elected, before he even ran for president. Anybody who followed the news and, and any kind of anything knew that Trump was a joke. Years before Trump ever ran for president, the, the, one of the jokes I used to hear going around all the time was, how do you become a millionaire overnight? Trump style, right? You start with a billion. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a joke about how much money he lost, what a poor business person he was. He was always... And, and how his dad handed him a billion dollars. Yeah, well, I think it was in the millions. But either way, he he did manage to, like, you know, borrow a ton of money and, and, and leverage a bunch of stuff and then ends up with... But, you know, I mean, that's a long fucking story. The Trump story is, is just a long story of one disaster after another. And he, he always manages to come out because he always manages to convince someone to loan him more money. Right. right. He's just one of those people. And I guess once you have money, you can do this. And and I, I kind of wish I understood that because maybe I'd be well. But anyway, the point I'm getting at is that, is that he was always the laughing stock, right? He would call in to news things and pretend to be somebody else in order to tell them, you know, how great Trump was. Right. <laughs> he, he just... He, Everybody knew he did this stuff. You know, he was a playboy. He was a loser. He was a terrible, you know, financier. Terrible. I guess he had some, you know, I don't know if he had good realtor instincts or not. But but anyway, whatever it was, it kept him going. He was the laughing stock of the fucking, you know, New York elite, right? Yeah. And then he runs for president and everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's cool. He's on The Apprentice. It's like. Do you know anything about this guy? You should. You know, anyway, people voted for him. Somehow he managed to get people to vote for him. I guess partly because people were just dying for something different. You know, and Hillary Clinton, I still think Hillary Clinton was the worst candidate we could have run. A lot more people voted for him than actually counted, too. (laughs) All the fraud. Yeah. Well, that and, and, I mean, who knows what they'll happen. But then in 2020... Well, more people voted for Hillary. I mean, he didn't win the popular vote. 
in 20, in 2016. He just knew which states. Right. He knew which states to get because he knew he was looking. At, I mean, he did have some smart people working on his campaign. You know, they said, these are the states we need to get to ramp up the electoral college votes that we need. And these are the states we can get. You know, we know we're not going to get California. You know, we know we're not going to get these, you know, New York. The liberal states, there's no way he was going to win. But if we won these states, you know, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, you know, whatever, Florida, obviously, um, we can rack up enough electoral votes to win. Uh, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. He just, he's just so stupid. I just, but he's, he is, I mean, he right now as we speak, he's just hopping around on one foot, just screaming at the walls. <laughs> Probably throwing things. Nice. Little uh, that appears to me like a cartoon. Like I can just <laughs> see him like, like a really wide Dennis the Menace, yeah, hopping around, screaming. So really on wide, the fat, angry Dennis the Menace. This is, I mean, unless I decide we're going to implement a sports section or a geek section or something. Ooh, I have a sports section. Do you have a sports note? I do. Okay, then the most expensive expensive well this thing set the record for the most expensive sale of a piece of sports memorabilia in history a baseball card from 1952 mickey mantle's rookie card that was in mint plus 9.5 condition wow whatever that whatever the hell that very good condition yeah really mint it's like super well, it's nine point five out of ten, so it's about as close as you can get to mint. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, um, it's fine. So it sold for twelve point six million dollars. Yeah, I wish I had that card for a baseball card. Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if you just happened to have that in a drawer? Like you weren't even a big collector. You just picked it up one day, and back in the day, right? Maybe someone gave it to you when it wasn't mm-hmm. worth anything at all. And you threw it in a drawer or something, and then and you, you're going through some paperwork, and you find it, and it's, you know it's very it was stored in a dry place, so it's fine. You know, you find it, and you're like, huh? Put it online, and someone gives you millions of dollars for it. You're like, fuck! Yesterday, I was having trouble buying groceries. <laughs> right? No, today I could afford yeah. bread because of inflation. Well, the only so thing I really know about inflation joke. You know, my only contribution to the sports section is that I can predict the score of any game before it even starts zero zero exactly that's as far unless as unless it's with. tennis then it's love 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 yeah love love so uh i want to go to the climate since we don't really do the sports thing we're going to go to climate change real quick i actually think we could have a climate change segment because i talk about climate change all the time but the reason i want to bring it up today is because i want to talk about flooding we, and we could have it like sports though like who's winning flooding now doug yeah, well, Pakistan right now. Pakistan has gotten seven times their normal annual rainfall, and the monsoon yes. season is just getting started. It's basically an ocean over there, like where it would be land. It's just nothing but water. But but that's only part of the picture because we've also had flooding in Jackson, Mississippi, the river overflowed. They're in big trouble there because Jackson, I don't know if you know this, but Jackson, Mississippi, the population is something like 85% black. Okay. And apparently the city is very underfunded. It's uh they don't have the money to fix their uh, systems, their infrastructure and they're right now don't have any water. But that's not 
climate change related, that's racism. And that's not what I'm talking about right now. So put that aside. And, you know, we've got this flooding there. We've got, we had flooding in Dallas. Um, yep. We have had flooding in the Midwest that we talked about last week or the week before. There's, there's major drought. We know that about the drought in the West, right? Where, you know, the Colorado, California, all that's drying out really bad. I mean, that, and that is really serious. But there's also a drought going on in Europe. Did you hear that a river in Europe has gotten so low that structures from the Roman Empire that have not been seen in 2,000 years are now exposed? No, really? Yeah. I was waiting for a joke. No. How, no. how low did they get, <laughs> Doug? They've gotten so low. Oh, I bet it's right. I bet it's fun though. I mean, I bet that you know, given those rivers are lower than they've been in two thousand years, it would be fun to uh, to go over. Now, I had a discussion with somebody because they said, "Wait a minute." So, if the water was that low two thousand years ago, we'll be fine. Yeah. What? Well, what's the problem? And I'm like, uh, "Well, see, there's so many things people don't consider, and one of them is the fact that we have been coming out of an ice age, and still are." So there was a lot of ice sitting on Canada, North America, Northern Europe, all that, that is not there today, which is why the water levels rose. So there's there's one aspect of that. Um, now, you might say, well, then who's to say that the water levels aren't still rising because of the Ice Age ending? Well, the ice is pretty much gone. <laughs> glaciers have all melted there's nothing really left there so that's kind of out but the other thing is that the ground bounces back when the weight of the ice is gone the the uh, land actually comes up because the weight is pushing it down the ice is pushing it down ah so it's not so much that the rivers are low it's that the land is higher well it's a combination of things right but but the other thing you have to consider, though, when we look at sea level rise not today... not that I'm going down, it's that you're going up. All these things are happening at once. And depending on where you are, they're happening to different degrees, right? Not everything is moving in the same... Not all plates are moving the same way. It's, it's just... But the point is, that like, our coast here, where I live, uh, is still coming back up slowly to some extent. It's very, very small. We're talking, you know, probably a centimeter a year or something, if that... But people, we've had about eight and a half inches of sea level rise in the last hundred years here. Well, people don't see it because if you combine the sea level rise with the continent, you know, popping back up, you don't necessarily see it. Um, All these things are happening simultaneously. And the other thing that is happening is we're, we're supposed to be in a cooling period. We're supposed to be heading for the next ice age. Ice ages are, I think, about 100,000 years apart. And by the time all the ice melts from the last one and, you know, we get this, it gets warm, it starts cooling off again. We're supposed to be in a cooling period. So some of the global warming that we're seeing is being masked by the fact that the global climate is cooling. Right. So So we have global warming and global cooling happening simultaneously. We have a mitigating effect. Who will win? If if we didn't have the global cooling, it'd be even worse. And at global some point, warming has all stars like flooding, <laughs> yeah. tsunamis. 
Well, I guess what I want anybody to take away from this, not that anybody that listens to my podcast is, is, is a climate change denier, but what I want to take away from this is that, is that there's so many factors at play here. It's really hard to, as an individual who lives such a short lifespan, to look at it and go, I don't see it. You know, um, you may not. Well, and I think the other point that you were trying to make, which is, you know, we keep saying this stuff is going to happen. Right, and yeah. then when it happens, everybody's like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like we've been telling you the whole time. You don't listen. You never listen. Yeah, Why don't you I mean, listen? my favorite, my favorite expression now is "brace for impact." Uh, COVID was another one. I mean, how many funguses and you know <clears throat> highly transmittable diseases were we talking about? Oh, how we made movies. We made one movie after another about pandemics, right? And mm-hmm. you know, and people talk about how. You know, they would talk about these movies and talk about how this is like really, you know, not necessarily realistic per se, but these are real things that could happen, right? Yep. And if they did, it could fuck up everything. I mean, imagine if COVID had been even 2% deadlier than it was. The number of people who would have died would have been tremendous. It had been huge. It been just huge. Um, and so one day when the robots take over... We told you. We warned yeah. you. We've been yeah. saying it for years. Well, you know, if you think about the flooding right now in Pakistan, they said something like 33 million people are impacted. You think about it like that. It's a third of the, I'm sorry, a tenth of the population in the United States. Imagine if we had a natural disaster here that affected 10% of the country. Right, like Texas. Well, let's not talk about Texas. Although if that were the part of the country that were affected, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> or Florida. Or both. Both would yeah. be great. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, in order to get 10% of the population, I think you'd have to have both. Because we got like 40 million people in California and 16 million. I think you're just million. saying that so it's convenient for you. It might be. Texas and Florida both go. I'm totally okay with that. And I'm even okay with owning the fact that I am totally okay with that. Because, and you'll never guess why. Life is hard. Life is hard. <laughs> but it could, but be, it could worse. be worse. Life is hard. Uh, way too long. We went way too long. Life is hard. I will never drink again. That's what she said.